Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, how are you? Sean, I'm doing well. Uh, happy to be here. It's uh, Yesterday was a somewhat of a sense of a return to normalcy. I was uh, joined by a few other – actually, it's a pretty good crowd out there. Yesterday, I have reporters – uh, UK's post practice, but it was the first time we had been out there since uh, fall 2019. Simpler time back then, but uh, everyone's making the most of those football interviews, Sean. And uh, I think I think there are some pretty good storylines that came out of the first uh, fall camp uh, interview yesterday. Yeah, I would love to be there. Uh, right now, I kind of have to pick my days. Living two hours and 15 minutes away <laughs> from Kirkerfield, kind of. Uh, makes it difficult to get out there, but I'm I, I will be at all the ones where Stoop is made available planned. Now Stoop's made a, an appearance yesterday that I don't think anyone was expecting, Derek. And usually, if he comes out, it usually signals bad news. Did you get the energy though, in the sense that maybe it's just excitement? Yeah, I mean, uh, for anyone who read the transcript or watched the video of the post practice i think he just kind of wanted to be out there he kind of felt like it was the first one and i i kind of understand it i mean um i think the reason people thought there might have been bad news is it had been reported and i will say jarquez jones he did walk off the practice field yesterday with a boot uh i can't remember on which leg it was on but he did have a boot on and uh, of course there were reports i didn't see it but we talked about on the show that kenneth horsey had gotten injured at saturday's open practice so my guess is people thought it would be an update on that, that was my initial thought whenever I saw that he was going to be on there. But no, I really just think Stoops wanted uh, wanted to get in front of us and, and update how those first few days are gone. And um, he seems pretty optimistic. But Sean, that brings me to, to what we're going to talk about for our first point, which honestly, it's just it cracks me up. Um, naturally, Stoops was asked about the quarterbacks, and uh, I am paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing both of these when I say this, but this is when I went back and listened to the audio of both. This is how it came off to me. It really made me laugh. Stoops got asked about the quarterbacks or whatever, and he basically did what he's always done. I mean, this was nothing new. He said he wasn't going to talk about the quarterbacks because it gets looked into too much. Any kind of statement that they make, he, he did the general. They do some good things. They have some bad moments. Well, Vince Merrill comes out to talk to us uh, after practice and he gets asked about the quarterback. So what do you think he says? Said, <laughs> the total opposite. Yeah. He total said, screw it. I'm team. telling you how I feel about it. Yeah. <laughs> so basically he says all three are good, but I like Will Levis right now. That's paraphrasing in. Not, not exactly how he said it, but that is uh, just kind of the funny. It's just funny. Kind of the differences. Stoops did not want to really give any kind of details on any player had good things to say. He didn't, I don't think he even named, any quarterback. I don't think he singled anyone out. He just mentioned the first three that everybody talks about, which of course is Levis, Gatewood, and Allen, but mentioned that the other guys down the line are going to be good players one day as well. Um, obviously, Nick Scalzo is still there and Kaya Sharon as well. But uh, you make anything out of that stuff, Sean? Uh, yeah, Will Levis is the starting quarterback. <laughs> that's, that's what I make out of it without saying it, in my opinion. I mean, he went into detail the most about Will. And you could tell, and I think that they've seen what we saw Saturday, right? The ball really gets out of his hands, and we're not talking about making decisions on quick throws. We're talking about the zip mm-hmm. that's on his ball when it comes out of his hands. We talked about it on the post or the post practice episode on Saturday, and I think that's when fans get to actually see that in a game. I think that's going to be the talking point as well is how strong his arm is, and it's not. 
there to me it's not the 60 yard bombs down the field it's how strong he can throw those balls 30 yards to the middle of the field into the sideline those are that's the arm strength we're talking about with him yeah, we mentioned it on Saturday's show. Uh, I think it was to Demarcus Harris, and I'm not sure how far it was um, down the field, but it was one of those throws where he had to zip it into a tight window, and you could tell how fast the ball got there onto Harris and who, who made the catch. But you're you're right about those throws. Tay Tay Crooms was running a lot of those routes, kind of those comebacks uh, on the sidelines. So I think that is going to be a big part of this offense. And and uh, I'm just being real. I'm just saying how I saw it, like. There's a difference on those throws when Will Levis throws it versus when Bo Allen throws it. I mean, if you're looking for the traits, I don't think there's any doubt it's going to be Levis. Um, They've only practiced five times. They're actually off today. We're recording this on Wednesday. This is the first time since Friday that UK has not practiced, so they went five straight days. Um, You're not going to hear a starter name at this point, obviously. I do wonder, though, if a week from now, if it's just obvious that it's going to be Levis, if they'll just – I mean, they could go ahead and start giving Levis first-team reps and wait a week, you know, before they actually name him the starter to the media. And he wasn't even running with the ones no. early. So we we haven't got to see that. So I'm thinking, Derek, I don't think it's going to come down to that Monday Mark Stoops presser going into Louisiana Monroe. It's going to come after one of those scrimmages. I don't think it'll be this Saturday, but I could see it being that next week after when we speak to Stoops at the end of the week. I, I think that's when we might get it. Yeah, so that'll be August 21st, yeah. I think. And then uh, they'll scrimmage. Well, actually, do you remember? I don't know if they scrimmage on August, the, the Saturday. No, probably not. I, seriously I think, doubt they I scrimmage think two weeks the game. out is their last scrimmage. Yeah, yeah. Just to avoid them. injuries and everything, right. I think. So, yeah, that will be the last one then. So, yeah, I could totally well, see it being being the case then. And, and you mentioned – how they're using Tay-Tay Crooms. Well, they're using a lot of these guys a lot differently, Derek, than what we probably thought they would. I mean, Jatan McLean's a perfect example, how they're splitting him out, doing some things. Uh, Cavassier Smoke is another guy they're going to try to get the ball to in the passing game, which has led to some spots there in the backfield. And Michael Drennan is going to be a running back. And I think he kind of fits that mold. Yeah, my initial impression on that um, was that it wasn't a good thing for Drennan. Um, and what I mean by that is – actually, the more I thought about it, the more I thought it probably didn't mean as, as much as I thought it did. Drennan was an all-purpose back in high school. He was someone that I'm, I'm almost thinking now in hindsight was was basically – it's obvious UK has struggled so badly to recruit wide receivers the last few years. I almost felt like – they were kind of putting him there out of necessity because, you know, you do feel good about the running backs that Kentucky has. And maybe the thought was, you know, this kid's a good athlete. If he's going to play as a freshman, it probably needs to be a wide receiver. But, I, you know, I've basically been on every Zoom, been to every media availability you can have for football the last two years. Drennan was not brought up much at all, at least not much you would expect from a four-star wide receiver, from a four-star guy to high school. I mean, he was one of the biggest gets in that 2020 class. Uh, but, but like what you're saying, if you look at that 2020 recruiting class now, it was viewed as an upgrade at the time, uh, as a pretty good wide receiver class. Well, you look at it now, Khalil Branham quit football. He's not at UK anymore. Isaiah Cummings probably is ending up in a better spot for him, you know, because he's going to be playing tight end. I think he's probably a little bit better fit. And you could even say the same about Drennan. You know, he might end up – both of those guys might end up having better careers by moving positions. But it leaves that class with just one wide receiver, and that's Ernest Sanders, who um, 
you know, he's just in his second year. Haven't really heard a ton about him this fall either. Um, but that is something to watch, I think. Um, I, I do think the transfer portal helps teams maybe whenever you have a class like that that doesn't turn out the way you expect. It, no, it doesn't really devastate you. I like the guys they signed a lot in 21. They're probably going to sign three or four wide receivers in 2022. But that is interesting, though, I think, because that's a, that's a very recent class, Sean. That's just like last year. And you only have one guy left at the position so far. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely thin, which then brings up an impact that freshman wide receiver Christian Lewis and some others, you know, are looking. Or you mentioned a guy like Tay Tay Crooms and stuff. They Kentucky needs some of those guys to emerge. I think another takeaway too was the number of people that Liam Cohen said that he's feeling confident with on offense. I thought that that was encouraging this early. It is caught me finishing up my drink right there um i returned the favor he did that to me a yeah. couple of weeks ago did you? it uh yeah what did he say six or seven or seven six or eight or seven I yeah six or seven yeah um i think obviously wandell i almost think he's probably including like mclean in that as a probably smoke as well i would say those two guys so i mean if you had those two with with wandell you add them with josh ali Isaiah Epps didn't do much at the open practice, but that hardly means that he won't play or anything. You know, it was one practice that we saw. Um, given that that kid's been here so long, I, I think he's probably included in that mix. But UK, and it was with the scout team. You could see it in the video that they put out. But UK posted about DeKal Crowdis, uh, poor Adrian Huey, just getting burned. All, all can- He got burned on Saturday every time <laughs> he was out there, and then he Crowdis ran right by him in that video. When you look at this offense, I just have a really hard – and then you, you talk about Crowdis adding 15 pounds already. In my mind, and, I mean, this is uh, – people might have a different line of thought. I, I kind of think Crowdis, like, he's never going to be someone who's just going to be very strong anyway, I don't think, just with that body type. And with his speed, I mean, he's a guy I, – I would be stunned if he red shirts. I, I think he's probably going to play – I wouldn't say he's going to play a lot, but I do think he's going to have packages every game. I think he's the kind of guy with his speed. He's just got something that no one else on the roster has, and that needs to be utilized. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Yeah. And when they put up that video yesterday of him just turning on the burners. Yeah. And he catches that ball and then he looks back. And most people that look back, they get caught, right? Or they lose some speed. I think he got faster looking back because he's like, oh, i got to run a little bit harder now. No, his his speed, Derek, is something that they they just have not had. And if they can get that, I mean, he's – you get a a guy like Levis that can throw that ball with some accuracy 
That, that changes the way this offense plays. And then it opens things up for Chris Rodriguez. It, it opens up some of those routes to the sideline that you were mentioning that Tay-Tay Crooms has been running. It opens up the middle of the field. It just – it changes the way you play if you have that threat. Yeah, and I think the challenge for for the guys like Crowdis, Chauncey Magwood, and maybe to some extent Chris Lewis, uh, I think it's well documented how big of a fan I am of Chris Lewis and his ability and his potential. Um, so I don't know if this is totally fair to him. I just kind of think given given that Magwood was here for the spring and that Cohen liked him, and then given that Crowdis has more speed than anybody, I just think naturally you maybe envision those guys playing this year more so than a guy like Lewis, who I think could play potentially, um, but I still think his best football is years down the road. But for those three guys, I would say the big thing is now that they've been in camp for um, five practices, I mean, you'll have a, they talk about hitting a freshman wall, you know, during camp. you got to watch for that here these, this next week. And I would say it, if you reach a point where you feel like those guys are going to play, you got to get them reps, you know, against against the first team defense, the first and second stringers, and that's probably might tell the tale here very early in the season on how much those guys will play. If Crowdis goes in there and he's still making plays, still running right by the first team defense, then you have no. If he's doing that against UK's defense, you're going to feel good about what he can do against a lot of the teams on the schedule. So I would say this next week is really big for a guy like him. Um, but but otherwise. I'm just ready to see kind of how this offense looks. And uh, I do think they are being very creative with ways. I mean, you, you see what they're doing with Jatah McLean. Uh, they can probably do the same thing with Drennan. But mm-hmm. in Drennan's case, going back to him, I mean, he's maybe – you're talking about a position change, but he might be fourth string, you know, yeah. at this point. I mean, Smoke has battled injuries in his career. Rodriguez has been a workhorse. You know, he's going to be the first-team guy. But the, with how much they like McLean, I mean, that's – that's kind of three guys right there in front of Drennan, but that's not to say that he can't get in this rotation. Um, and I know I'm talking a lot on this episode, but I do want to point yeah. out that uh, that Drennan, I mean, something that also helps him is John Settle, the new running back coach, loves him. He was his top target at Wisconsin. He, he had said yesterday in the interviews that he was joking with Drennan since he got here about moving to running back. So when your position coach uh, views your potential as high as Settle seems to, uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm downplaying it a little bit. Maybe Drennan's ended up being a little bit better than than what I expect. Uh, but especially like next year, you, you got to expect Rodriguez will probably be gone for the NFL after this year. Um, Smoke has another year coming back, but I mean you just never know these days. I mean I think kids are kind of taking things year to year now versus how they used to. So I mean, just because the room seems loaded right now, uh, who knows how how it'll look a year from now? And it might end up being a really good move that you have someone like Drennan there uh, ready to go next season. At some point, you could see that backfield being Jatan McLean and Michael Drennan. You could. Like, I could see that. And that appears to be a very good backfield. Uh, but you you mentioned all the changes and everything that, that's kind of going on during fall camp. I think that's the most encouraging thing, Derek, is given where Kentucky had been on offense for so long with no passing attack and, and nothing in that aspect of the game, to see guys shuffling around tells me that they're really getting creative which is getting me excited to see exactly what this thing looks like when not and not in week one, not even in week two, but when they get that chemistry and they get all this together, when they get to that mid season schedule there, the one that Cole Kubik was talking about with those four games in October, if Kentucky can split and it's, it's crazy. We hadn't even talked to Cole, but that's been the same thing that you and I've talked about is those four games. If they could split it, this season could be another really good one. 
But I think it's so encouraging to see that they're moving and shuffling guys around and trying to get talent to where it succeeds the best. Yeah, I mean, this is the time to do it, right? I mean, it's the time it to experiment a little bit. I mean, here here before too long, excuse me, they got to start – you know, you got to start game planning for losing a Monroe. I mean, they, you still got a few more weeks before you got to dig into that too uh, too close. But find out what you have. I mean, uh, anytime you have a new coaching staff, um, and really if you think about it, you have Cohen, obviously the the head guy. I mean, he's he's the most important in terms of the changes. He's going to have, you know, outside of Stoops, I'm sure, the, I'm sure it was Stoops. I mean, if he – I know people think he, he – Medals with the offense a lot. I don't know that he. I don't know how true that is or whatnot. Um, but I do think Cohen's under the final stay on a lot of things. But you also talk about Settle being a new running back coach, and then uh, I don't know that anyone really knows who the actual wide receiver coach is this year. I mean, because they introduced Scott Woodward as the wide receivers coach at the luncheon. Bonite is still there. He actually, matter of fact, news story: he had his uh, charges dropped on that DUI this week. So I don't really know what's going on there. Um, and then obviously the offensive line too, we haven't talked about them as much, but there are a lot of changes with, with Wolford being there. It kind of maybe broadens, you know, how these guys felt viewed last year. Like McLean talked, Jatal McLean talked last night about, and again, he was a true freshman, but he was saying he didn't really know what his vision was for him in the program under Eddie Grant. Whereas now with Cohen here, with the new running back coach, John Settle, I think he feels very good about what his role is going to be. And that's part of the challenge of a new having a new coaching staff. But it's also, I think, good for a lot of players too because I do see more creativity to this point, at least is what's been talked about. I do see more um, maybe – I think Eddie Grant did a lot of great things for Kentucky. Uh, I think we talked about that all last year, um, about how important he was. I do think past a point, and maybe they just didn't have the players to do it, but I do think past a point the creativity was was very much lacking by the end of his tenure. And with this kind of a fresh start, I, I do think it's exciting how they're using McLean, how they're moving guys around. I mean, Isaiah Cummings is someone who they said has taken a tight end much faster than anybody thought he would. He's someone like, – that's probably a move that's going to pay off down the road. So I don't blame fans right now. I was talking to my brother about this. Um if you go to any college football fan base right now, this will be the most optimistic that every fan base is right now. It will be. You have the reports coming out of practice. Um, it's still – no one's lost a game yet. You know, you're still a few weeks away. So everyone feels good right now. I mean, I'm not going to try to temper anybody's expectations because this is this is the time of year to be optimistic, I think, you know, before you actually get out there and, and see how things go. So if people are, are trying to get all in on this U.K. football team, I, I wouldn't blame them at all for uh, being very excited about what they've heard so far. Yeah, and hopefully we get to watch possibly one more practice, maybe at some point, fingers crossed, so. because by that one we should have a lot of info and an idea of what's going on uh, over there in the practice fields. But, Eric, I think this has been a very solid episode, getting two episodes of Kentucky Daily today, the one with Cole Kublik. If you haven't listened to that one, go check that one out. And then you get this one as well. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.